0: So we're in the series Christmas Spirit. We're talking about topics that are characteristic of having Christmas Spirit and learning how to put those into action. So today, one week before Christmas Eve, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the topic of peace. We're going to talk about the topic of peace. Now when you hear the word peace, you probably think of a couple of different definitions. Peace as in a time without war peace as in tranquility like having you know like a peaceful situation in your life maybe um you know just sitting at home and being in a peaceful environment just tranquility or peace as free from dispute or dissension in our relationship so for our purposes today what we're going to do is we're going to focus on that final one Free from dispute dispute or dissension in relationships, okay? Free from dispute or dissension in our relationships. When we are the person that is actually working toward peace with others, we have an opportunity to share the peace or the Christmas spirit of peace with other people. So when we're the type of person that's actually pursuing and working towards peace, we actually have more opportunities in life to share the Christmas spirit with other people. So the first step in order to share peace, what we actually have to do is we have to have peace. Okay? So the first step is this. We need to have peace with God. Ultimately, this is the Christmas spirit, isn't it? Um, the Christmas spirit of peace is we want to share with others, and we can't share that with others if we don't have it in our own lives. We can't share the peace with others if we don't have peace in our own lives. So Christmas time, at Christmas time, we celebrate Jesus coming to earth. I mean, the, the Christian should be celebrating Jesus. That should be our focus. We shouldn't get caught up in all the other things. We celebrate Jesus coming to the earth and his express purpose was to bring peace between us and God the Father. And that's what Luke 2 talks about. Let's look at Luke 2. It says this, and suddenly There was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. So this verse says that, you know, Jesus was coming to bring peace. But notice it says, among those with whom he is pleased. So if you're thinking about this passage, you've probably heard it so many times in your life, you have to ask yourself a question. Well, how do we please God? Like, how is God looking at me and saying, I'm pleased with him? So Hebrews 11.6 actually answers that question. It says this, And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists, and that he rewards those who seek him. So basically, the way that we please God is by having faith in him. Now, we talk about this a lot, but many people, if you go around and ask people like, how do you get to heaven? Like, if there's a heaven, if there's a God, and there's a heaven, why would God let you into heaven? And people will say things like, because I'm a good person, because I'm nice, because I'm kind, because I do this. Most people believe that good works gets you entrance into heaven. But the truth of the scriptures is that's not true. Okay? The truth is we have to have faith in God. So first, we need to have faith in the fact that God exists. But not only that, we have to have faith in the fact that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to save us from our sins. Look at what Colossians says. For in him... All the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. So when Jesus came to earth, all the fullness of God. So he added on humanity to himself, but it was God with us. That's what the scriptures teach us. So in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. So we were at enmity with God. Like, there's a separation between us and God. And the reason why that is, is because we sin. Our sin offends God, needs to be paid for. Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood to pay the price for our sin, to make peace with the Father. So Jesus died for our sins and rose from the grave. And the scriptures teach us this, for he himself is our peace. Who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. So, Jesus, when he died on the cross to pay the price for our sins, he was breaking down that division between us and God. We're no longer at enmity with God, but now we have peace with God. And we'll enjoy that peace with God for eternity when we believe in him. Because our sins are forgiven. Jesus paid for our sins on the cross. We have eternal peace with God. And he allows us into his presence. Now Jesus says this to his followers. He says this. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. So Jesus sang saying to his closest followers right there. He's saying, I'm going to leave this peace. Now, they're on the other side of the cross, so they didn't see the cross happen yet. But he's saying, I leave this peace. And the world can never give you a peace like I've given you. You know, you might have heard people say another popular thing is not only do some people say, oh, good people go to heaven, bad people go to hell. That's a popular thing in our culture. That's a popular thing in culture, like, historically. But another popular thing is we're all getting to the same place different ways. Have you heard this before? Oh, you believe in that. You believe in that. You believe in that. And at the end, we're all going to be like, yo, you're here too? That's not how it works, okay? Jesus says, I give you a peace that the world can never give. Okay, there's only one way. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So the peace of the Father that he gives can't be matched by The world. So when we trust in Jesus, we have peace with God. And of course, when we experience that peace with God, we should want to share that. And that's really what this whole Christmas Spirit series has been about. We should want to share the peace that we have through the gospel message so that others can share that, so that others can have that, and then subsequently go share that as well. So you try to share the peace that god has with you with the people around you around christmas time you try to do it but most christians that are on focus try to do that every day but inevitably here's what's going to happen that peace is going to be challenged and let's look in what the scriptures say jesus says i have said these things to you that in me you may have peace in the world you will have tribulation but take heart I have overcome the world. So now this passage comes at the end of Jesus telling his disciples, when they take me away to crucify me, basically you're gonna have a lot of problems. And here's what happened, when they took Jesus away, what happened to his, his, his followers? They were all scattered. And basically what happened with the followers is, they were wondering, was this really the best decision to follow Jesus? Now, if you study the life of Jesus, you know that Jesus went around. He was like, come follow me, come follow me. So a fisherman went to follow him. Um, You know, the tax collector went to follow him. Like all these people went to follow him, followed him around for three and a half years. And they were like, this is awesome. Jesus is doing all these miracles. Everybody's listening to Jesus. He's teaching people what he has to say is good. What he has to say is true. And then they come and they take Jesus by night and arrest him and bring him to crucify him. All his followers scatter, right? Because they're scared. But you have to think that many of them were thinking, was this really the best decision to do? (laughs) Was this really the best person to follow? Because it seems pretty dark right now. But Jesus tells them, you can find peace even in tribulation because he has overcome the world. Now, they didn't fully understand this, again, because they were before the cross. They didn't fully understand this, but now we look and we can see why Jesus says this. So in other words, if they or if we keep our focus on him and not how people respond or treat us, we can still have peace. So he's saying to them, you know, there's tribulation coming. If you keep your focus on me, you're still going to have peace. The message is really the same for us because when tribulation comes our way, specifically for our purposes today, in relationships with others, we can still have peace in Jesus. No one can take that away. But the challenge is, how do we share that peace with others that we don't have a peaceful relationship with? That's the challenge. So you might have somebody in your head or people in your head right now, you're like thinking, I want to share the peace of what God has done. But you know what? We don't even have a good relationship. How is this going to work? So I think the scriptures teach us at least four ways. And the first is this. The first is this. It's very simple, but very difficult. Rely on God. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. The calling of the believer is to allow the peace of Jesus to rule in our hearts, meaning this, meaning we do not let the situation that we are in change the peace we have that comes from God because we're relying on him. We're not relying on what we have or what's going on in our life or what other people are saying or what other people have done. We actually are relying on God. See, what happens is when we have relational issues with other people, it challenges the peace that we have we feel like what am i going to do how is this going to work out but god is saying you know what let my peace rule in your heart you have to let that peace rule in your heart no matter what the situation is that you're going through whether it is relational or financial or health-wise we can't let the situation dictate the peace that we have so we have to go to him as many times here's what happens we we put our head on the pillow at night, and all those thoughts come in of what's going wrong. Let's just take the relationship issue. And you start to kind of obsess over the fact that maybe you have a severed relationship with somebody, maybe somebody said something that hurt you, whatever it is. And you start to really just think on those things. And it makes you mad, right? It makes you upset. Then you start to think like, okay, I did this, was was that the wrong thing to do? Or is that the right thing to do? I feel like I'm doing the right thing. What's going on, God? How come this isn't working out? And God is like, you need to rely on me. You need to let my peace take control because that situation, it's in my hands. So here's what Paul says in Romans 8. He says, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Remember we used this verse in the first week when we were talking about thankfulness? And basically I said this, it's a choice, isn't it? Set your mind on the flesh is death. Set your mind on the spirit is life and peace. So when we set our minds on the flesh, meaning the situations we're in and how we feel about them or what we can do in our own power, here's what's going to happen. We fail. Not all the time. Sometimes we'll have little successes, but normally we will fail if we're trying to do this in our own power. But when we set our minds on the things of God, we succeed even when the fleshly situations don't change because we realize ultimately the change that needs to happen is in the hands of God. Get that? So you're in this situation, it doesn't seem to be changing, but you're relying on God and the peace that he gives you and then you realize this is in his hands. This is in his hands, but here's the catch. We don't just say, okay, God, if I'm gonna have peace with these people, make it happen and don't do anything. We need to take action as well. Do you realize you and I as Christians are people of action? Which brings us to the second way that we have peace with others. And the scriptures talk a lot about this in the New Testament, it's work for peace. Work for peace. Hebrews 12:14 says this, Strive for peace with everyone And for the holiness Without which no one Will see the Lord Strive You know what that means? We try We try We try to work things out We try to be holy Meaning try to do the right thing If we don't The people that we're interacting Might not see the Lord through us So notice what it says strive for holiness with, with peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the lord here's what's happening people see the lord through us what an amazing privilege that you and i have some of us shrink back from it i don't i don't want them to know i'm a christian because then they're going to be like oh you're a hypocrite or whatever here's the thing we have an amazing opportunity for people to see the lord through us and when we strive when we work for peace with everyone other people see. Not only the people we're trying to work peace with, but also the onlookers. They see us as something, someone different. Because if they don't, here's what they see. They just see another difficult, selfish, self-serving person that might be trying to get their own way, or prove their own point, or be right, or have the upper hand, whatever it might be. So we try to figure out what will bring peace in the situation. Another passage about this. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. So here's how you do this. What you need to do is you need to ask yourself questions. So if you're in a relationship with somebody else, whatever relationship that is, and there's not peace in that situation, you need to start asking yourself questions. What are my options in this situation? What is the right thing to do? How will this be received from the other person? What is my motivation here? Are there people that I need to ask advice for? Do I need to get some counseling? I mean, granted, like this is kind of like one big counseling session, right? In dealing with difficult relationships. But do I need advice? You know, because sometimes we're in such a situation where we're so wrapped up in our mind and we're so aggravated or upset or whatever, it's hard for us to see clearly. So we just do what we feel like doing. And our culture will be like, whatever you feel like doing is right. It's wrong, okay? If you're going against God, it's wrong. So are there people that I need to talk to and ask advice? What would you do in this situation? I'm really struggling here. How can I do something different? Am I doing everything that I can do to make for peace? The idea here is ultimately, we do what we can to pursue peace with them because then we'll have the opportunity to share with them how God can bring them peace. Because if they're a non-Christian, that's the main issue with them, right? If they don't believe in Jesus, that's the main issue. They need the peace that only the Lord can provide. But some of you are thinking, I have a problem with a believer. Don't they have peace? They do, but they're not walking in it. So if the person is a believer, we're showing them by our peace offering, so to speak, by our acting the correct way in the situation, we're showing them how God desires them to live. We're showing them how God desires them to live in the peace that he has given them. Another passage about working for peace. Finally, brothers, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. The aim or goal should always be Restoration and live in peace. Restoration and live in peace. And there are benefits for working for peace. Here it states his presence. Not that God ever leaves us, but you'll feel a special sense of God's presence when you and another person can actually walk in peace. Can actually, when we actually do things that promote peace in the relationship. James also tells us some benefits. He says this, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace a harvest of righteousness is sown you know when people see you striving and working and aiming to have peace they do see something different you will stand out in the crowd when you're that person that's always trying to bring the situation down and trying to have peace in the situation rather than escalate the situation. And we have a culture right now that, you know, it's all about escalating the situation. The media has taken over and, you know, they make you click on things because you're like, oh, what's gonna happen here? Or what did this person say? How is this political leader saying something that I don't agree with so I can be angry about? How is this person, like, this is what our culture is promoting, not having peace. I mean, it always baffles me how divided, like 50-50 divided, people can be many times. So not only are we looking at the person that we're dealing with, but we also have to realize there are always going to be onlookers. There's always going to be other people. For instance, you're a Christian. You go to work. Everybody knows you're a Christian. You have a problem with somebody else in your life. And you know, in a weak moment, maybe you start complaining about the problem that you have with this other person in your life to the non-Christian coworkers. What do you think they're thinking? They're thinking, well, your way of living, your faith, your belief system doesn't really work. It's kind of just like mine. It stinks, right? That's what they think. You're no different than me. And the truth is, We are different because of the peace that we have in Christ. So maybe the person you're dealing with can't really see your peace offerings. They really can't see that that you're trying to work for peace. They can't really see it because they're they're mad, they're upset, they're self-centered. The truth is, there's always going to be difficult people. Right? There's always gonna be difficult people. So we rely on God to bring peace to the relationship. We work and do all that we can to have peace in a relationship. But you might come across that difficult, toxic, or unhealthy person. And some of you are like, yeah, this is what I've been waiting for. What do I do? Maybe this person has a track record of multiple people And apart from God, swooping in and miraculously changing them, having peace with them or sharing peace with them might be something that you're like, yeah, this has to be a God thing. It has to be a miracle. They're not going to listen. Sadly, there are going to be people like that in our lives. So the last two things are what we need to do if we come head to head with this person and I hope and pray that you are not this person. I hope and pray that you are not this person. And if you are, I hope you would be honest with yourself and evaluate and say, you know what? I've been very difficult with the people around me and I gotta repent of that, change my ways, confess it to the Lord. But if you're coming head to head with a person like this in your life, the first thing you need to do is pray for peace from God about the situation. says this, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When we don't have peace with others, it challenges our personal peace because we overthink and stress because we're trying to understand the person. Right? Have you ever been there? You're just overthinking. You're stressing. It can make you actually feel like you're crazy. You're like, well, am I crazy? What's going on here? Why? Nothing seems to work out with this person. What is going on here? So what happens is, is we start to send ourselves down like a little bit of a spiral. And this passage says, so let your reasonableness be known to everyone. So what happens here is this. They cause us, they way of living and their lack of peace and their arguments with you actually causes you to lash back out it's not their fault right it's your fault because you're only in control of your own life right so here's what the truth is it says the lord is at hand meaning he is there he is there waiting for you he wants you to come to him So he wants you to go with him, like this passage says, by prayer. Don't worry and be anxious about it, but continually go to him about it. So here's what we do in life, right? We either overthink it or we talk about it to the other people around us, right? And I can almost guarantee that the other people that you're talking to about it are probably just about sick of hearing it. Would you agree with that? If you have a person in your life that's a constant, 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 and then you go to other people and you're telling them, telling them, telling them, finally they're just like, this is getting old. Okay, nothing's really changing. So here's what you need to do. You need to go to the Lord in prayer. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding. I love the fact that it says this, I've probably said this 50 times from the pulpit here. Sometimes we will receive a peace from God that we don't understand that we can even have. That other people don't understand that we can even... How do you have peace when you have to deal with that person? When you have that person in your life, when they're causing so many problems with you, it transcends all understanding. We can't explain it. It goes beyond logic because we're going to the Lord. We're praying that he will help. He will not let it consume our hearts and our minds when we go to him. Talk to him about it. Stop obsessing over it. Stop playing things in your mind. Just go to him, Lord. You just need to deal with with me to deal with this person because this person's very difficult. They're toxic. They're unhealthy. They're not changing. Lord, change them. Then you go to work or you go to school or you get up in the morning and see the person. You're like, they still haven't changed. Okay, (laughs) Lord, help me deal with the fact that they haven't changed. So the last one is a tough one. And this is, and and I'm just going to say this, this is last resort stuff, okay? This is last resort stuff. But here's how it goes. We need to be willing to back off to have peace. So scripture says, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. So some people are difficult, they're toxic, they're hard to live around, and they're hard to have peace with. So it says, if possible, as far as it depends on you. Saying, do all the things that we already learned, right? Rely on God, work for peace, uh, pursue it, you know, aim for that. But again, there's going to be people that just doesn't seem to work. And people will come to me, they'll talk to me, they'll be like, Pastor Mike, I need to talk to you about a situation. I have this person in my life and they tell you. And I go, well, have you tried this? Have you tried this? Have you tried this? Have you tried this? And they're like, yep, 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 yep. I'm like, really? Have you? You know? And they're like, yeah, I have. I'm like, okay. Sometimes, you need to limit the time that you're around with the person. It's difficult. Some some people you might not be able to do this with. But maybe it's time to make adjustments needed to not cross paths with them as much. You're doing this so you can live at peace. You're doing this so their toxic behavior doesn't cause you to sin against them, or sin in your heart. You're doing this for the benefit of the other people in your life, Because they see that that relationship is taking so much stress. They might be, again, sick of hearing you complain about the person. You're doing this because you need to stay healthy. Now, you might be thinking or asking, I'm not sure Jesus would want us to respond this way. And I'm glad you're thinking that and asking that. Because you should know what Jesus would want you to do. But I'm going to suggest that he does suggest this with some situations. And there's a scripture we're gonna to go to, and he suggests this in a situation with his disciples, and I really do think that we can apply this when we're dealing with someone that's working, that's against working things out. They're just difficult, toxic, unhealthy, and they just don't wanna, and there's people that are like that. There's people that they just dig their heels in, they don't wanna work out. So here's the context of it. Jesus sends out his disciples, He says, um, right now, this in Matthew chapter 10. He says, right now, don't go to the Gentiles or don't go to the Samaritans, but I want you to go to the lost people of the house of Israel. So Jewish people that do not believe yet. This is where Jesus sends them out. And he says, that's where I want you to go first. That's where I want you to go first. So then in Matthew chapter 10, it says this. In whatever town or village you enter, find out who is worthy in it and stay there until you depart. As you enter the house, greet it. And if the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. The people that are worthy are the people that are open to the gospel message. So Jesus says, stay there. Spend time. Share the peace that you have with them. Spend some time with these people. These people are worthy in the sense of, they're open, they're ready, they're willing to hear you out. Those people might not have believed at that point, but he's saying, these are the people that I need you to be around. The people that you need to talk to because they're receptive. But then he says this, but if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, Shake off the dust from your feet when you leave that house or town. So Jesus is instructing them, listen, there's going to be people that you try to work things out with. In this case, in this context, that won't listen to the message, won't listen to the gospel message. And he's saying, you know what? Don't argue with them. Don't try to strong arm them. Don't fight with them. Don't debate with them. He says, basically, don't waste your time on people that will not listen. Or in other words, if you're trying to have peace with someone and they refuse to work things out, it might be time to just say, I'm just gonna back off. I think that there's other people that God has called me to put my life into, to spend time with, to talk with, to share the peace that I have. So he says, shake the dust off, meaning don't let it bring you down. Don't get wrapped up in it. Don't let it affect the rest of your life. You have a life to live and God has opportunities waiting for you. And if you spend your entire life or time thinking, obsessing, trying to work something out with someone who just doesn't want to work things out, who is anti-having peace, with you or with God, then we have to move on. And like I said, last resort stuff. Okay, last resort. I mean, I would never come up here and just say, oh, if you can't agree with somebody, just cut them off. It's not, Jesus isn't even saying cut them off. He's saying, you know what? This is not the time right now. You need to back off for your own personal health, your spiritual health. But not only that, so that you're freed up to go and do what he's called you to do. So this Christmas, I know this was a heavy one, moving up into this week. This Christmas, let's share the Christmas spirit of peace with those around us. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for this day. We're thankful for the people that you've placed in our life. I pray, Lord, that you would restore peace in relationships that have been broken. If possible, as far as it depends on us, that we've done everything or will do everything to make peace with other people. But Lord, I pray that you would give us the wisdom to move on, to say, this is enough and you have work for me to do, maybe somewhere else. I pray that you would just give us the wisdom to know I pray for anyone here that doesn't have the peace that only you can bring through your son, Jesus. I pray that they would trust in you. I pray for the rest of us who do trust in you that we would go and share the beautiful gospel message of the peace that people can have when they trust in you. In your precious son, Jesus' name we pray, amen.